Hi, and welcome to the Stefan Levera podcast focused on Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today, we are continuing on with the BTC Pay Service series. But first, let me introduce the sponsors of the podcast. Firstly, Kraken. Over my years in Bitcoin, I've been really impressed with the way Kraken operate in terms of offering really strong security and just acting ethically in the space under Jesse Powell's leadership supporting various initiatives. They're one of the longest standing Bitcoin exchanges. They are consistently rated the best. They have a high quality platform, best liquidity in the industry. They've got high trading volume, low fees, no minimum or hidden fees as well. Kraken have 24-7 support and I found it extremely fast to go through the sign-up process as an individual. They offer the highest available API rate limits for institutions and business solutions and there's also a Kraken OTC desk. Kraken offer five fiat currencies and also offer margin and futures trading. To learn more and sign up, go to the Kraken link in the show notes. Check out Unchained Capital. They're a Bitcoin financial services company offering a two of three keys multi-signature vault product. You can use Trezor or Ledger wallets and you still maintain control with your two keys, reducing the single point of failure risk. And Unchained Capital can act as that third signature. Note also they've open sourced some of this solution as well. Multi-signature helps protect you against that proverbial $5 wrench attack. Customers who create an Unchained Vault also get three free months of access to Safety Namusa's Bitcoin Standard Research Bulletin. Unchained also offer Bitcoin collateralized loans, allowing you to get USD liquidity without selling your Bitcoins, meaning you don't trigger a capital gains event. So consider your scenario, but that might be more tax efficient for you. While that loan's outstanding, it's stored under collaborative custody. So to learn more and sign up, go to the Unchained Capital link in the show notes. Pavlinex from the BTC Pay Server team has a really interesting story. He came in as a merchant, helping to write some guides to help out other merchants. And then he became a key member of the team. So he has a really cool story. And I think you'll also find that there's some really underrated or underknown aspects about BTC Pay Server, which you'll find out from this interview. So onto the show. Pavlinex, welcome to the show. Hi, Stefan. It's a pleasure to be here as a long-term fan. I'm so happy to talk to you today. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to have you on. So, Pavlinex, I think we should start with a little bit of your story. I want to know, how did you get into Bitcoin? Yeah, so uh, whenever I tell my Bitcoin story, I always like to start how I did not get into Bitcoin like most of us. But my story is extra special because I was extra stupid. With um, So here is the story. Somewhere in 2012-13, I have a younger brother, so he was 12 at that time. And he worked on a web project with some guy. And uh, they worked together and he needed to send the money to that guy abroad. Let's call that guy Abdul. So my brother needs to send the money to Abdul. And they are both underage, so they're both 12 years old. Um, there is no <laughs> way, There is no way for them to send money to each other. So one day I was sitting, you know, at my desk and my brother approaches me and, hey, Pavel, uh, I need your help, man. I need uh, you to borrow me $100 and uh, buy Bitcoin for me. And I was like, dude, what's Bitcoin? And he starts, it's you, it's all that internet money, you know, it's mined. And, uh, you know, they made it out of thin air. And I was like, huh, you can't make money out of thin air, you fool. Don't let me bitch slap you, you know. You can't do that. It's a Nigeria print scam. It does not work that way. <laughs> so he was like, okay, so it really works. I tried it actually, but I need you to borrow me money so we can buy it and make a transaction. And I told him, man, that's not how it works. Uh, let, let me do the transfer for you. So we ended up doing a wire transfer. Uh, we paid like one-fifth of the fees. Uh, I need to do a bunch of KYC stuff. And we sent the money to Abdul, actually to Abdul's father. So it was like three or four hops with a bunch of paper rolls and stuff. And it was super annoying. And yeah, uh, looking back at that moment, I'm so embarrassed for dismissing Bitcoin, especially because I, I'm an economist. And I mean, what they teach you at school, at school about money, uh, money is actually made out of thin air. The state makes it out of thin air. So I'm now super embarrassed that I did not understand my brother and the ability for Bitcoin to allow people to transact uh, without permission, without fees, without, uh, you know, asking anyone, without government. And that's that's my Bitcoin story, how I did not get into Bitcoin. 
<laughs> well, it's very typical for most people. I think the first time you hear it, you just you don't get it. Uh, but uh, it's good. We're glad to have you uh, working on Bitcoin projects now. And so you are now working on BTC Pay Server, which I believe is a very important project in Bitcoin. And the other funny thing is that you weren't actually a technical guy before you even got started in this. So tell us, how did that come about? How did you get started in BTC Pay Server without being a technical guy yourself? Yeah, so as I said, my background is in economy and marketing, actually. So marketing people are not always smart and tech savvy. So I just uh, got into Bitcoin, uh, you know, in 2016 and I uh, or it was maybe 2017, I'm not sure exactly, but I started learning about it. I stumbled upon a bunch of videos and I wanted to buy a t-shirt, you know. I wanted to probably say, I know what this Bitcoin thing is, so let me show it off. And I searched for t-shirt stores and I couldn't find any store. So I decided that I will, you know, make a t-shirt of my own and I showed it to people on IRC because that was where we communicated on IRC, you know, the chat room. And uh, I showed it off to people and someone told me, hey, you should sell these t-shirts. They look nice. So that's how I began searching for how to make a website and how to accept Bitcoin payments. I, I will tell you a little bit into details about that, but uh, I found out about BTC Pay on Reddit. Actually, some user was giving me a very hard time for using a third-party payment processor. He was you're so dumb for using this, man. You should use something better. Here is this project that started a few days ago. Check it out. So that's how I ended up on BTC Pay Slack. There were like five or six people at that time. Nicola, Mike from CoinCards, and maybe a few more guys. So I just, you know, came there, asked a bunch of questions. Nothing made sense at that time. It costed like $60 to deploy BTC Pay. And Nicola told me, okay, you deployed it. Now you need to wait, wait like 10 days for it to sync. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this, this is not going to work. And yeah, eventually I managed to get it to work. And I started, um, you know, asking question and, uh, questions. At, and at that time, Nicolas was a um, core developer. He still is. So he also helps uh, developing Bitcoin Core. And I was like a fanboy. I was like, oh man, this is Nicolas Dorian. And he's talking to me and he's even helping me. And he was so kind and he still is. He helps a bunch of people. He's always open to, you know, discuss and help. And that's how I actually wanted to help him to, to help other members because I wanted to offload that effort that he was doing. So I kind of started, uh, you know, contributing, giving tips to people. And that's how we started. Fantastic story. But... Yeah. So actually, yeah, actually, uh, how I started contributing to BTC Pay, I made a guide on Reddit because at that time, nobody knew exactly what BTC Pay is. And me going through all that trouble, setting it up, understanding it for a few weeks, talking with Mr. Dorier for such a long time. And I just made a guide on Reddit. And then the influx of people started coming to our Slack. I mean, people finally understood it and they were coming to BTC Pay Slack asking questions. And that's how this whole BTC Pay thing started to, you know, become, it's not still mainstream, but let's say mainstream in Bitcoin community. So that's how it all started. Excellent. And with the setting up of the guide, I think that was really the point at which a lot more attention started to come onto BTC Pay server. Um, actually, just before we get to that, though, I'm, I would like to just discuss for... The listeners out there who are thinking, oh, hey, if I wanted to set up a Bitcoin store, what are the difficulties that I would typically face? A quick example would be, oh, instead of, you know, a common model now when people want to put donations is they just put up one address. And then yeah. what yeah. are they doing? That's a bad practice. That's address reuse, right? Yes. Um, and yes. they might not understand that, oh, when I set up BTC Pay Server, it takes time for it to sync. I just want something that works straight away, but they're not understanding the benefit that comes with running a full node. So can you outline some of those difficulties that a typical person might face and why BTC Pay Server helps them solve that? So... Uh... For merchants specifically, uh, when you start a store, you need something, of course, to accept Bitcoin payments. And most of people will tell you, you can just use a Bitcoin wallet, but that's not how it works. Merchants need um, an automated way for everything to be handled for them. 
So BTC Pay is like an invoicing system, simply said, which bumps and collects all, all of your orders in one place and informs you that a certain order has been paid or not paid or requires certain action. So what BTC Pay does is that it gives for each order, it creates an invoice. And each invoice has a, set, a new Bitcoin address. So there is no address reuse, as you mentioned. And when you run a BTC pay, you, you're running a full Bitcoin node. So you're not leaking any UTXOs or anything to a third party. Everything is private. And that's how actually Bitcoin should be used without intermediaries or third parties. Another example might even be with customer support. So let's say uh, I did it in the naive way. I just put up a Bitcoin address and then if somebody tries to send through and maybe they sent me the wrong amount or it, it just it's it's difficult to deal with. Whereas BTC Pay Server has a that invoice function and you can see each specific sale. Can you outline that a little bit? Yeah, you really said it well. So yeah, if you had a single address, there is no way for you to know who paid, how much they paid, when they paid. It's all confusing. There is no way for you to actually manage it unless you have one order per, per day maybe even then it would be very hard and it would take you 15 minutes to figure things out but as you said btc pay handles everything in the background and just presents everything for you on the front end like nice invoice you'll see this guy paid this much you can ship it uh, this guy needs to pay a little bit more because the invoice was underpaid and BTC Pay handles everything for that. It's a really an automated invoicing system. That's the best way uh, to explain it to merchants, I think. Then, then they explain why, uh, understand actually why it's better than any other system out there. Excellent. And you were, funnily enough, you were previously known as Bitcoin Shirt. And that's actually when I first met you on Twitter or kind of virtually met you, I knew you as Bitcoin Shirt because that was your online name. So tell us a little bit about your experience setting up BTC Pay Server for your website, Bitcoin Shirt. Yeah, so I still struggle with that nickname, Bitcoin Shirt. Nicola always calls me Bitcoin Shirt on podcast. So Nicola, if you're listening to that, don't call me Bitcoin Shirt, please. So, <laughs> or even worse, just shirt. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> the whole experience at the beginning was a bit uh, you know, hard to understand for, for me because there, there was no documentation. We didn't have any videos. So it was a bit, uh, you know, trial and error. But eventually, once you set up BTC Pay Server, you just need to install a plugin for your store and everything is, you know, ready. There is not much to do. But the whole problem was setting that server up. Now we have an insane amount of ways to deploy BTC Pay Server. We have uh, documentation, we have videos, and there are lots of community members that can help you out. So now... It takes like, if you use a web deployment tool, it will take a minute to, to start deploying BTC Pay Server, whereas in past, it took me like 10 days to figure everything out. Fantastic. Uh, how about customer problems? Or did you ever have any issues around that? Like, let's say the customer sent through the wrong amount. Did BTC Pay Server help you deal with that? Yeah. So the biggest problem with uh, being Bitcoin merchant and uh, problems with customers paying is that the customer will use an exchange wallet. So they will send you pay the invoice from the exchange wallet. And then that exchange wallet takes a little bit of fee from them, which makes the then the amount that arrives to merchant's address is always a little bit smaller and the order is always underpaid. So that is the biggest issue that merchants face in my experience. It also happens that like uh, customers scan you know, the QR code and then they manually enter a fiat amount. And depending on the rate that their wallet uses, then th that they can overpay or underpay again. So it's a bit frustrating. Luckily with BTC Pay, it recognizes those type of invoices and it will mark them in red or in yellow, depending on which status of the invoice is. And you will see them in the invoice list that you need to do a certain action, like reach out to customer and ask them to pay. Or you can just accept that tiny loss and mark invoice completed uh, on your end. So that's one of the issues that we face. Also, customers simply do not understand Bitcoin yet, so they ask all sorts of questions. So in a way, merchants are also educating people on how they can get Bitcoin, how they can pay, which wallet should they use. So we deal with questions like that all day at Bitcoin Shirt. So it's it's not that frustrating. Actually, I feel good that uh, I'm able to help out people and uh, actually provide a good amount, good resources for them to properly learn how to use Bitcoin. 
With Lightning Network, uh, those issues do not exist, like underpayment and overpayment, because there is this just everything is encoded in the you know the invoice, and you just copy it. Though some wallets uh, allow you to change the amount, and I'm very uh, you know I'm not so happy that those wallets allow you to change the amount because they do not they are not merchants, the developers of those wallets, and yeah, it's a problem for merchants. But as I said, Lightning Network really solves some of those issues, but it opens a whole set of new issues. So yeah, we are still, you know, in early days. I must say that we're in the early days of the Lightning Network, but I'm hoping that it will solve most of the issues. If not Lightning, maybe something else will, but we're I'm sure that it will be solved. Just with uh, Lightning Network and enabling Lightning Network on BTC Pay Server, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like and what are some of the challenges or difficulties and maybe even touch on channel management as well. Yeah, sure. So uh, specifically, Bitcoin Shirt was one of the first stores that used the Lightning Network. I think that we were one of the 15 stores that actually set it up in a store and started accepting it. So I know how painful it can be. Uh, the first time I experienced the Lightning Network, it was uh, with Joao, who was a guest on your podcast from Open Note. So yeah, um, he was you know developing a plugin which connects to your uh, Lightning node, and you know you plug it in into your WooCommerce, and he was searching for merchants who could help him test that. So I always applied, and Joao and I it was I think in September 2017, something like that, very early. We started you know experimenting, and I did not understand a thing. So I did not understand liquidity. I did not understand channel management. It all seemed so hard to understand and it made no sense at that time. But later that plugin became open node. They are also good payment processor. They're you know, now developing stuff and they're also helping the adoption of Bitcoin just as BTC Pay server is. Anyway, to get back on a point, uh, in BTC Pay specifically, if you are self-hosting, you cannot use uh, BTC Pay if you're using a third-party host. But if you're a self-hosting your server, BTC Pay comes with the full Bitcoin node and Lightning node all, already implemented. So you just need to click one button. Like uh, you will see in the store settings, you have Lightning Network and you click on it and it will automatically connect and deploy your Lightning node. So for that, it is easy to you know deploy it. But... Since uh, you're a new node, you do not have any liquidity coming your way. So basically, you are alone on the network. Uh, centralized payment processors, of course, have their own nodes which are connected. So for merchants, it is easier to use those type of solutions. But if you're a new merchant using BTC Pay, you need to ask someone to send liquidity your way because you won't be able to accept payments. So there are like uh, L and Big, their website now has... Uh, copy paste link which you can input into your BTC pay and they will automatically send uh, you know incoming capacity to you so that you can receive payments we're also working on some ways making it in the user interface to make uh, other nodes you know for merchants to easily easier connect to other nodes so we are working on solving that uh, right now deploying is not a problem but uh, capacity and liquidity is so People ask those type of questions very often on our chat. Sure. And so with setting up channels, what about if you were to fund the BTC Pay Server instance with your own Bitcoin? Uh, and obviously, you can open channels outgoing, although obviously that would not be incoming capacity. But is that do people do that also? Yeah, people. Actually, we have a lightning uh, channel on our Mattermost, so people open up channels to each other they you know connect it all grows organically for now but as i said we are working on the finding a ways to get that you know to make it easier for merchants so that they do not have to come and ask hey i set up a lightning node but a customer can send me a payment and yeah it's a bit of problem but as i said i hope that we will solve that very soon we actually have some issues open on GitHub already. Nicola opened some of them at suggestions on how we can, you know, speed up that process. Yeah. And another interesting idea there is also that idea of flow. So let's say you get some incoming capacity, but maybe it's only two or $300 worth. And then as soon as you have sold, say, $300 worth of product, now your channel is 
in some sense, exhausted in your direction, right? Because all the money in that, you know, just for the viewers, it's like you, you've got an abacus and all the beads are sitting on the merchant side and now they cannot receive any more because all the beads are already on that side. Uh, but I suppose even here, there are things like lightning loop or submarine swaps as well that are potential uh, proposed ideas. Yeah, so balancing the channel is another problem, but in my specific case, uh, in Bitcoin shirt store, so I use my Lightning Node to also pay, spend, and in a way, I always organically balance those channels. I never worry about, even if I want to, you know, convert them to on-chain, I use an exchange such as ZigZag, so it always how to balance is organically. It's not perfect, but uh, for me, it works, but I, yeah, as you said, it's also a problem, but I, I think that that won't be a problem soon. But there are liquidity, I think, is a bigger problem. And also the lack of lightning exchanges for merchants, because merchants usually need to sell something or, you know, to pay their expenses in fiat. And right now, maybe there are one or two. I'm not sure that I'm not sure. I think that recently some exchange announced that, you know, there I, I can't remember the name now. Uh, Bitstamp, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Bitstamp. Uh, so, uh, sorry, I'm not the exchange guy. The only exchange I use is BISC. So, oh, very nice. I'm not good with exchanges. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that exchanges will provide ways for merchants to, you know, and make their life easier. Because right now it's a bit tough for merchants who accept Lightning. They get all of these channels and stuff. And then when they need to, you know, convert it or spend it, it's a bit tough. But, yeah, as I said, it's not a big deal. It will improve soon. Excellent. Okay. And how about any other points around Lightning Network. Are there any other things that, let's say I'm a merchant and I want to think about using BTC PaySover, anything else I need to consider from a Lightning Network point of view? Yes. So Lightning Network is a hot wallet. So uh, in BTC Pay, uh, we do not have, uh, you know, the only thing that BTC Pay requires from you is your public key. There is no private key. So if someone hacks your BTC Pay server, the worst thing they can get is your XPUB key. But if you use Lightning Network and someone hacks your BTC Pay server, it's a hot wallet and they, in theory, can steal all of the money from your Lightning Network node. That's why when deploying a Lightning node on BTC Pay server, we have a huge warning of things that people should be aware of, that it is still reckless and that risks that are out there. And we are, of course, emphasizing that it is a hot wallet and that people should pay attention not to put that much. But... Uh, I think that hacks are not that big of a problem. For me personally, the problems were instability of the software itself. So I lost like $600 so far in the Lightning because of, you know, uh, I used an old deployment node and things changed. So yeah, it's something that I was aware of and I understand that it's still early days and I'm not mad about losing all that money because as I said, reckless till death. So... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I guess just to explain it then, you as a merchant, you have probably two main pathways you can go. If you want to be reckless, you can, you know, turn on Lightning, but then obviously now you are being, you're using a hot wallet and that means the private keys now live on that instance. And if you're hosting it in the cloud somewhere, that means, you know, if somebody gets access, they can steal your Bitcoins. Yes. But the other fair. way is to basically just go no Lightning, right? And in that yes. case, I would, let's, for example, if I've got a Trezor or a cold card or something... I, I would take the XPUB and put that into the BTC pay server when I set it up. Uh, but the private key is still held on the hardware wallet or you know somewhere else if I keep it that way. And then BTC pay server can use that XPUB to generate an invoice and generate addresses, but it cannot spend from those addresses. Yes, that's correct. You can even use multi-signature. So to be sure that, you know, you can, we're working actually at adding the interface so that two people at, at one BTC pay wallet can, you know, do multi-sig and all stuff like that. So it will be even more interesting. So I'm hoping that that will actually bring uh, more users to, because let's say you and I set up a store and both of us, you have one signature, I have the other, and we want to spend money from our store. So you sign it, then I log in, I sign it and we're all good. But uh, yeah, right now on-chain is uh, way more secure, but in BTC Pay, you can actually limit it. You can say uh, if the invoice is over $10, do not suggest Lightning Network, suggest only on-chain. So you can do that. There are lots of stores doing that, just testing out because I also think for merchants, it is very important to test this technology. Uh, 
if you understand it now, you will be in f- uh, far uh, in front of your competition uh, later. Because if you understand it now, how it works, you'll be able to move faster than your competition. And I think I do think that Lightning Network and uh, you know uh, such solutions are the future. And I encourage people to at least test those tiny amounts in the Lightning. It's interesting at least to test it out and try out how it works. Also, I'm curious, Can you? is it possible to segregate the wallets in some way, like have an XPUB just for the on-chain Bitcoin transactions and a separate one for like Lightning, or is it kind of all together in one at this point? No, it's not into one. And that's, I think, uh, the problem, actually, because people think that it is all into one, but actually those are two separate wallets. We have the wallet for the Lightning Network and we have the one for the on-chain. So if you receive the money, it will only you will see only the on-chain balance, whereas you won't see the Lightning balance in your wallet in BTC Pay. And we hope to make them, you know, united and maybe, you know, uh, separate on-chain and Lightning. So it's a bit of UX issue right now, but uh, I think that we will solve it eventually. But right now, as I said, those are two separate wallets and. You can actually use, uh, lots of people use Zap, for instance, if they're L&D or they, they use Spark wallet, if they use C-Lightning and they, you know, scan the QR code, code, connect to their node right away and they manage everything from their phone or desktop, whichever. Because BTC Pay supports C-Lightning, L&D. I think that also we now support the, I'm not sure the third implementation. Cooks might kill me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that Cooks added it. I'm not quite sure it, it's better that you ask him about <laughs> okay, uh, sure. that, the progress on that one. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about some misconceptions now. Are there any common BTC Pay misconceptions out there? Yeah, so lots of people think, first of all, that BTC Pay is a centralized company. They see neatly looking website and they, they think that we are multi-billionaires and they are not behaving that way. They, they are think that they are entitled to get support and stuff like that. But that's okay, we're used to it. So BTC Pay is not a company. It's an open source project. It's a community of people who work in their spare time on the project and help, uh, you know, even the people who provide support are also volunteers. Uh, we do uh, get donations from people, but those are really not enough to cover anyone's, you know, full-time salary. So please sometimes be patient with us. But uh, actually, I think that the support on BTC Pay is way better than any other, you know, BitPay or anything. You will get the answer much faster because there are like 600 people there willing to help you. So, but as I said, we're not a company. And that is, I think, the first misconception about BTC Pay. Uh, furthermore, People uh, still think that it costs sixty dollars to host BTC Pay because in past it host it costed sixty dollars. Uh, right now it does not cost sixty dollars. You do not need to use Azure, Microsoft Azure deployment. You can you can deploy BTC Pay server or on any virtual machine or on any server which uh, meets the minimal requirements. So basically, the uh, you need fifty gigabytes of storage you need two gigs or one gig of RAM and Docker. And that's everything that you need to deploy BTC Pay. You can run BTC Pay even at your home in a box on a Raspberry Pi. So when we have all of these deployment methods documented. Also, people, you know, uh, do not understand that there are no fees with BTC Pay. So there are no fees. There are no third parties. You are your own payment processor. That is also that takes a bit of responsibility on your end. Uh, you need to manage your keys and your stuff. And uh, also, you know, uh, I would like to tackle a controversial topic because I heard people, you know, uh, centralized payment processors saying, yeah, but we're a Bitcoin-only payment processor, uh, whereas BTC Pay accepts shitcoins. They promote shitcoins. And uh, I will tell you right away that uh, core developers uh, are 100% Bitcoiners. I never in my life had any altcoin uh, beside Bitcoin Cash because I sold it the first day I was able to pull it up. I sold it. So, yeah, I'm B- I was a Bcash holder. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, we are 100% focused on Bitcoin. Uh, you can accept altcoins in BTC Pay server. Uh, those are ma- maintained uh, by separate communities, the altcoin communities. Uh, we do not help them integrate. I-, I heard people saying that uh, we are paid by shitcoiners to integrate shitcoins. That's ridiculous, really. I-, I cannot understand those sorts of social attacks people are trying to do on uh, open source software. But yeah, as we grow, we need to u- get used to those kind of attacks. So 
we do not maintain those altcoins. We do not test them. Uh, we do not advertise them in any way. We do not, you know, tweet about them. And uh, we do not do invasive changes on our software in order to accommodate uh, shitcoin. Uh, when you deploy BTC Pay out of the box, there is no any shitcoin. You need to have a certain level of technical knowledge in order to activate shitcoin. So we do not um, we do not uh, you know promote easy way to add shitcoins. Also, it costs in resources to run shitcoins. So uh, if you want to run it, you need to pay for it. It's like Nicola calls that a shitcoin tax in a way, because you need, <laughs> you need, yeah, because you need a better virtual machine. You need a better server to run all of those nodes. So yeah, uh, we are focused on that. We do not maintain, and it is it is a bit sad. And I, I will be honest with you, it hurts sometimes to see comments like that because that is the only thing that people attack us about, and we are just not focused on that. Sure, sure. And I think those are those are some of the most common misconceptions. Uh, there are a bit uh, few more, but I think those are the main ones. Let's also talk about the the decision a merchant has to make when they're thinking about whether they want to use BTC Pay Server versus using a more centralized payment processor. Now, uh, you know, my my view on this is I think we we want there to be many different options, but it's important, it's very important that BTC Pay Server exists as that final option that if not, if no one else, it's there. So do you want to just touch on your thoughts there? Yes. So first of all, I'm completely on, agree with you on that one. So uh, as someone who's working on BTC Pay, I do not wish that to all of the third-party payment processors. I think that centralized payment processors at this stage are important. People need them. They need uh, something easy. They need instant fiat conversion. And that's what they get when using a centralized third-party. So uh, differences between BTC Pay and third-party or centralized processors, let's call it a day. Uh, let's call it like that. But um, the biggest difference, I, I think that BTC Pay versus a centralized processor is not even comparable because it's, uh, it's like comparing a car factory with a car. Because when you deploy BTC Pay server, you're actually becoming a centralized payment processor. If you want, you can use BTC Pay to, uh, to advertise it and allow other people to attach to your node and use it to process payments for them. So what BTC Pay provides you is a technology to become a payment processor. So it's like a mini BitPay factory. That's how we call it. So uh, when you deploy BTC Pay server, it's like you're deploying your own BitPay. You can allow your friends or you can allow your local community. You can you know make a company out of it if you want and allow them to easily connect and transact. So it is not uh, easy to compare such such solutions, you know, because BTC pays so much more than just a way to accept Bitcoin payments, in my opinion. And actually, it's a fact because we have way more features than those centralized servers. Also, with BTC pay, it is very important that there are no fees. There is no any, you know, KYC, AML. There's nothing because you're your own payment processor unless you want to dox yourself to yourself then you know you do not need to provide any sort of data when customer pays to your btc pay if you're self-hosting uh, no information is uh, shared with third parties you know that paypal shares information with like 600 companies i think so when you pay with paypal you share your information with a bunch of other companies when you pay with btc pay the information is only shared between your you and the merchant no third parties are involved in that process so also in BTC Pay, you can use it as a full node wallet. When you deploy BTC Pay, you can use, uh, you know, Nano Ledger S, for example, and just use it as a full node wallet for maximum privacy and security. And as I said, I think that, uh, you know, centralized payment processors are important at this stage, but uh, that model is not something that makes sense in the long run, I think. Excellent. So just with that idea of having multiple people use the same BTC pay server. Can you just explain a little bit, just for the merchants who might not be clear on how that might work, like does yeah. BTC pay server, does it have segregated wallets and different XPubs, let's say? Yeah, that's exactly uh, true. So uh, when someone deploys, BT we call those uh, type of people third-party hosts. So when you deploy BTC pay server, you have this box which you can tick and say, yes, I want to open registration for other people. And then you're opening your server for other people to register. They input their own XPUB key. So you do not see that 
of course, as whoever deployed it does not see it out of the box that uh, someone even entered XPUB. And um, you can allow those people to connect and receive payments for free. You can, of course, modify it if you're a developer to charge fees, charge subscription fees or whichever you want. But uh, third-party hosts are free BTC Pay server instances which allow other people to join and just receive Bitcoin payments for free without hosting their server. And there are, I think, a bunch of uh, those instances. We have them listed. Uh, if you go to BTC Pay documentation, you can see third-party hosts. And you can also read about the privacy issues uh, that can bring because you're essentially using a centralized payment processor when you're using a centralized uh, BTC Pay server. I mean, that's BTC Pay server hosted by a third party. But uh, it's better for people to read that document because it is. we go quite in detail why it is important to run your own server, which privacy and security advantages and disadvantages are there when you use a third-party host. But there are instances, for example, BTC Pay Jungle hosts uh, for, I think, 800 merchants. So they are just one BTC Pay instance allowing people to accept Bitcoin payments for free. The thing is, anyone can use that. Anyone can become a third-party payment processor and allow their local community or you know, in their country to accept Bitcoin for free or they can modify and charge fees, as I said. Now, you mentioned the idea of using it as a full node and with your own hardware wallet. So can you just explain that? Because I think some listeners might like to know about that option. One issue that merchants face uh, specifically is a gap limit in wallet. Gap limit is uh, usually marked to 20 addresses. Uh, what that means is if someone creates 20 invoices on your BTC Pay server, you won't see uh, your wallet, such as Electrum, stops following uh, after 20 first is created, they stop following the balance from it. They just think that, you know, stop following. In Electrum, you can increase the gap limit and you can follow it. But in BTC Pay, uh, you're relying on your full node. So in Electrum, you're depending on third-party servers. Uh, when you use BTC Pay, you have your own full node. So uh, you can use uh, BTC Pay wallet to send your funds and do not share your UTXOs with anyone. So everything goes through your own full node. You just plug in your Ledger Nano S and you can send payments. Uh, right now, we only have a Ledger Nano X integration, S sorry, integration, but we're working on adding Trezor. And I think you can actually also use Cold Card Wallet. It's also supported. So it's Ledger and Cold Card are supported. And you can use BTC Pay Wallet in a way more private way for example, if you go to Trezor's website, you use their wallet, but you're leaking your information to their servers, right? You can, in the same way, use your BTC Pay wallet, but you're leaking information only to your nodes. So you're not leaking basically information. It's way more private way of using a, a Bitcoin wallet. I hope that I was clear on that one. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. I just wanted to clarify then. So for example, if I use a cold card and I put the XPUB for that cold card into my own BTC Pay server. And could I then use it to sign the transaction itself? Or how would I how would I do that part? Well, with cold card, you can also use partially signed Bitcoin transactions. So it's also a way more secure way of using it. It's not something that I recommend for newbies to use. It's uh, For newbies, I think Ledger is way more easier to understand and use. But you can also sign the transactions partially with your cold card or any other wallet. We also added an option for you to sign a transaction with your uh, mnemonic seed. But uh, that's just because uh, we needed for people to add a way for people to spend from their BTC Pay wallet. But if you do not want to, you know, it's very, it's not the best security practice. You need to use Tor browsers and stuff like that. If you want to use, uh, you can use Electron Wallet. Maybe it's better to use it that way uh, with BTC Pay. So uh, my point is here that uh, BTC Pay Wallet uh, allows you to sign transactions uh, with Ledger, with Cold Card, and also your seed if you want, but we do not recommend that you use it. Yeah, I think that might be another handy option that I think a lot of my listeners might not have thought of before because it's not a very well-known fact, I would say. Yeah, so one of the things I always like to, I, I thought that I need to make a video about it because people just do not uh, are not aware of the possibilities of BTC Pay Server. We allow you to connect your Lightning node via 
just a simple QR code scan. So there are many things that we do not advertise yet, but you can do that. Excellent. So it's not just a payment processor, it's also a very private web world. I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the guides and the videos because I think you have been very instrumental in making some of those guides and videos. Tell us a little bit about your experience there. So usually open source software has a documentation which is technical. They usually tell you just run this command and you're good to go. Uh, when I first came to BTC Pay Server, documentation and everything was exactly like that, meant made for developers. But for regular people, in order for them to understand your open source software, you need to make a little bit, you know, newbie-friendly guides and videos. And um, what we saw at BTC Pay Server is that people uh, nowadays love watching videos and tutorials. So um, for each new feature that we add in BTC Pay, I make a video. I explain it because no matter how some, how hard something is to understand, if you guide a user step by step, do this, click here, and you explain why you're doing that, why it is better. Uh, in a 10 minutes video, everyone can do anything with BTC Pay. So you just watch a video and you will understand it. And that's why we are making lots of videos. Our YouTube channel has, I'm not, I'm not sure how many videos r- right now, but I really try to make a video for every feature we have on BTC Pay because people like watching them and they it also reduces the amount we have to spend on, on supporting them because, you know, you watch a video, everything is clear, you do not have questions good for us, we do not have to provide support to you. But yeah, video, <laughs> videos are something that I really recommend to other open source software that they need to find someone because if you find the developers don't like doing videos they even if they do it it's so technical that i just tell them okay we're not doing this video let me do it in a newbie friendly way so that people can understand it so yeah op- i recommend to open source software that they should have one or two videos at least explaining the software to people and just you know how to use it how to run it walk through walk people through that because it really reduces that stress that people have with complicated software like this one so yeah, videos are a great way to get more people to use your software. And yeah, as you said, we really see an increasing amount of users after those videos and documentations and decreasing the amount of support. So it's win-win for everyone. Great. And do you see any difficulties, I suppose, when you come up with a new feature and then sometimes the old videos are now out of date? So you've got to update those. Yeah, so that is one thing that we really try to be, you know, careful with. We, When adding a feature, we always try to see how it will change our videos and documentations. Docs are great. You can change them right away. We change them, but with videos, as you said, it is tricky. And we try uh, not to make that much breaking features. But at some point, we will completely rewrite the user interface of BTC Pay, and that will be the day when I need to spend a month or two on making all of these videos again. But I I don't mind it. I'm certain that when making videos, I even learned something new that I didn't know. So it's fun for me to make those videos and people like them. So yeah, uh, it's hard to edit them. But yeah, you have user documentation, so you can always balance those two a bit. Yeah, and I suppose even though it costs time to make the video, it saves you still because that saves all these other people coming and asking support questions as well. And it helps people use it. Yeah, exactly. And it, it does not cost much time if you get used to it. I mean, you you can get a decent mic like this one I have here and just, you know, use a screen recording software like I use Snagit, I think it's called. So you can just showcase. It's really not that hard, I think. So yeah, people make videos for your software. It really, really help users and it will decrease the time you have to spend supporting them. Great. Let's talk about the BTC Pay Server community. What's been What has your experience been in building that? I must say that BTC Pay server community is one of the best communities I ever, you know, came into and experienced. Uh, People are so open there. It's uh, quite different from other Bitcoin communities. We really try to help each other, support each other. Everything is open. I call BTC Pay for me is like an open organization because everything is open. Each change, each decision is discussed publicly so everyone can see, you know, what we are working on. And uh, that way you get people's feedback. So when we uh, want to add a feature in BTC Pay, 
uh, we discussed it with our community. We asked people on Twitter, we asked people on Mattermost what they think, and that's how uh, best idea always win, no matter where it ca- comes from. The best idea always win, and that is uh, why closed source software will never be able to beat open source. Because even for our website, uh, we have 20 people or 15 people constantly providing feedback to developers of, of our website. And our website is pixel perfect. It works just because everyone is so excited about it and everyone wants to help in a way. And, you know, people provide feedback and help us improve everything. So everything is openly discussed. It's really a pure joy and uh, to be the part of such community. Uh, Building such community can be a bit hard because you need to channel all all that energy that people have. Uh, Everyone wants to help. Everyone has some sort of idea. And how do you choose the best one? So we, as I said, uh, we always discuss the ideas, but sometimes you need, you know, to say, okay, this is a bad idea because such and such reason, technical or UX reasons. And yeah, you need to communicate that idea to people so that they do not get, you know, frustrated or offended. You need to engage them to maybe improve that idea or provide another one. And I think that we are quite good at that because we try to get the best out of everyone who wants to help us build BTC Pay. We do not dismiss them in any way. When someone new comes to BTC Pay community chat and they say, hey, I want to help, uh, I usually approach them in private and ask them, okay, what are your skills? I'm designer. Okay, could you make us uh, you know, a poster for BTC Pay? Okay, sure. And then slowly, step by step, you get they get bitten by BTC Pay bug because you know they get addicted to helping because when someone you know provides or you know works on open source software like BTC Pay, they really I I at least feel that uh, I'm like on a mission from God and I'm not even a religious person, but it really gives you the good sense in your heart that you're working on something good and that you're helping someone, that your work is appreciated and that you're helping in making something very big. I love it. That's great. Let's talk about what open source tools that you guys use when you're you know, working on BTC Pay Server. Yeah. I can think of already. You've got Mattermost, you've got GitHub. Go on. So the first software we use is, of course, GitHub. That's where all development happens there. Second, we use Mattermost. I will now show you I have their pen because I'm their fanboy. Uh, Mattermost is an open source solution to Slack. Uh, uh, in past, we have our community on Slack and we have like uh, over 1,000 users out there. But we really felt that as an open source project, we really need to use someone something that is open sourced. So we migrated uh, to, Slack, uh, to Mattermost and Mattermost is a fantastic piece of software. I would recommend it to any open source project out there it is also free and if you want a better license they will give it to you if you're open source software they will give it to you for free so it's an amazing piece of software and we run it on a 10 dollars virtual machine so it is uncomparable to slack where you need to pay that amount just for a single user that you have so we also use uh, uh, transifex transifex is also great software you can discuss that with brit kelly she handles she handles that it's a software that help us translate BTC Pay software, website, videos, everything. They also provided us with a free and open source license for us to use. And uh, I think that there are a few more, but I, I can, cannot remember them now. But basically, we use a lot of open source tools. We try to use everything open source because we're open source, source project. So. How about this project that you're running as well? It's called BTC Pay Server Merchant Directory. What's going on there? So that's uh, one of uh, the ideas uh, that we recently started to implement into BTC Pay. Uh, on Mattermost, we divide uh, channels into small projects. So let's say someone has an idea and wants to make, as you said, BTC Pay Merchant Directory. So we create a private channel, BTC Pay Merchant Directory, and I have people in public who wants to participate into this small team. Let's create something. People volunteer, and that's how, you know, in all of those small channels, there are all sorts of people discussing things and making software, improving it. We have designers, testers, we have, you know, marketing people, everyone, you know, likes helping. So Merchant Directory is actually uh, a website which we are working on. I think it, it should be ready in, I think, five or six days. Basically, we want to help uh, merchants uh, advertise themselves so they will we, ha- we will have a merchant directory which will list uh, all btc pay stores 
projects, apps, whatever people are working on, they can submit their project there and we will list it for others to, you know, showcase it for others to see, read about it and click a link or maybe test it or buy something. Uh, as I said, being a Bitcoin merchant is sometimes hard. Uh, advertising platforms like Facebook, Google, they ban you. I experienced that with Bitcoin shirt. Uh, I made an ad and they simply banned because it just mentions the word Bitcoin. So, uh, Merchants do not, especially those accepting Bitcoin, do not have a, a way to advertise themselves. That's not something that's known that much, but it's really an issue because we are, you know, subject to censorship in that way. So merchants either post on Reddit, you know, spam the Reddit and people are not happy about it, or they, you know, use their Twitter to promote their source. So we are trying to make a website where Merchants using BTC Pay can get the word out and people can, you know, buy from their stores and stuff like that. So I think it's a very nice little project. It's very simple. Anyone can contribute. And as I said, we engage people. We now have like five or six new contributors working on that single thing and they feel happy about it. They're excited. We just, you know, help them with the direction in which that has to go. We do not, you know... uh, order them what to do or anything. We just let them develop something good. And I think that you will be happy when you see that merchant directory alive. So it will be very good. We also have channels for website and stuff like that, everyone or Mattermost. So we have small teams. I call them task force teams. So they are just, you know, small teams working on all sorts of things. And it is a way better way to organize open software like that. So small teams working on, you know, different projects. What about... Working with Rockstar and uh, his Rockstarism philosophy. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. So Rockstar is my favorite person besides, of course, Nikolai and Cooks. I love those guys. Uh, Rockstar is an amazing psychologist. Um, I talked about him in one of my tweet storms, but um, Rockstar seems like a goofy guy. You know, he nobody takes him seriously at first because he's Rockstar. He always has some joke to tell, you know. But actually, he's a great uh, psychologist. Uh, we are so lucky to have him um, inside our community because he has that talent to notice when someone in the community is not good. And that's very important. And I do not know how he has time to talk to all these people. But when someone, you know, you see that people are, are just not toxic, but, you know, they're, they're just not themselves. So Rockstar... Uh, creates a session, video session with them and talks about their problems and he solves their problems and we call that rockstarism and uh, you shouldn't do rockstarism when you drink because it won't work with girls I tried it and yeah, I was not uh, that does not work with (laughs) girls when you're drunk so a rockstar, sorry, but your rockstarism does not work well for me with girls. But I, I, for me, for other things, I think it works. It helps me find my focus, what I'm happy about. So thank you, God, rockstar, for your rockstarism. <laughs> but uh, to, back, to be back, you know, on point, it is very important to have people like that in your community. I mean, rockstar is developer, he's marketing guy, he's product manager, whatever. He he has all sorts of you know talents, but he's. First of all, he's very good with people and, you know, getting the best out of them. And I think that that is very important. So, yeah, thank you, Rockstar, for that. Fantastic. All right, Pavlinex, let's talk a little bit about how you think BTC Pay can be improved. So, Stefan, uh, one great thing about BTC Pay is that it works the way it is. It is great. People use it. People are happy. But there are there is an insane amount of improvements that we can make to make it so much better, so much easier to use to, you know, get people to even more, less tax savvy people to it. So first of all, I hear from people that BTC Pay UX is good. Like I've never seen an open source project with the UX like this. My opinion is that it is not good. We still have a mountain to climb when it comes to UX. So if there are any UX people out there looking to help or work on open source software, please come to BTC Pay. We'll be happy to, you know, help you out and ask you for tips and help. So first of all, we need to improve that UX. Uh, uh, Personally, what I would love us to improve is that initial setup process. So you set up your BTC Pay server and then you need to create a store, create your account and connect your wallet. I would love if we could connect those three steps into one. Imagine that you can just plug in your ledger and it creates everything for you. 
that's one way. I think that we may be able to reduce two steps with Ledger. Like it creates your account, it secures with U2F authentication and stuff like that. Furthermore, um, sometimes uh, in this era, of course, when everything is mobile, I would really love uh, if we could have at least a remote BTC Pay server app for for start, uh, which would allow you to scan a QR code and you know remotely manage your BTC Pay server. Unfortunately, we do not have many that many mobile developers out there. So again, if there are mobile developers that want to build BTC Pay app, come to our chat and let's discuss it. And besides that, uh, one day I would really like if we could if we would be able to run a full node on a mobile phone and BTC Pay server running on a mobile phone for people. We are still not there. There are many things before that that we need to do, but. If we manage to do that, that's going to be crazy. Imagine just installing an app and running running a full node with your BTC Pay server. It's like having your own bank in a pocket, and that's crazy. That's that's one of many of dreams that I have for BTC Pay. That's awesome. But yeah, so yeah, ease of setting up UX and mobile app are top three things. And also, if there are developers out there, we have all of our GitHub issues labeled UX, UI, you know good first issue so everyone can people who want to help us can tackle those issues we try to manage them very clearly so that they can help us out easier yeah that sounds awesome i think that's a great vision to build towards i want to finish on this other point that you were making i saw you making it and you were saying that essentially btc pay server adoption in some way actually helps bitcoin's decentralization so a quick example luke dasher has spoken about how he believes something like 85 percent of bitcoin's network should be running a full node to help protect bitcoin i think you were touching on that do you want to expand on that yes sure so one of our goals actually is to make running full nodes fun and easy People will run a full node only when they have a benefit of running it. So if your full node allows you to have lightning node, you will run it, of course. You, you see that we see an increasing amount of light, uh, of nodes now because of VTC Pacer, because of all of those lightning apps, software, you know. So our goal is to increase the amount of full nodes on the network because it is the only way any of us in the community sees that that is the only way Bitcoin should go. So, of course, not everyone will run a full node, but if we can get as many people as we can, that would be great. When you run, when you deploy BTC Pay, as I mentioned already, you're running a full Bitcoin Core node, you're running Lightning node, and all other things that you know maybe Cooks can touch up on the architecture later. I can, but I will leave that to him because he's tech savvy. But uh, as I told you, it is my dream that uh, anyone can run a full node, uh, especially every merchant out there running a full node. And I think that BTC Pay can can make that happen. Um, one of the ideas that I have is uh, if uh, big or any point of sale company implements BTC Pay server on their own hardware, imagine millions of merchants out there running full nodes. Uh, you, the impact for the network would be crazy. I mean, can you imagine some small shop just running a node without even knowing that they're running a node? And that's the ultimate goal. People should not be, you know, scared of running a full node. It should be fun. It should provide you with features that you otherwise would not get. And it should be implemented in the way for people to not even be aware that it is in implemented. So if, uh, we, we can get as many merchants running full nodes. That would be great because for them, it is also important. Um, their node validates all the transactions they receive. It makes sure that nobody is cheating them. It makes sure that everything is running nicely and secure and that you are you know making your own rules on the network. So it is your vote on the network and people should be running a full node, especially merchants. It's a great vision to really... Uh finish things off with so look Pavlenix lastly before we let you go let's uh, make sure you just tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to follow you online and where they can obviously uh, keep up with BTC Pay Server yeah sure so first of all btcpayserver.org is BTC Pay Server's website we have documentations there where you can read more about BTC Pay we have videos where you can you know watch everything that I just uh, talked about 
you can find me on Twitter at Pavlinex. I sorry, I I have no idea how to spell it. <laughs> so <you'll laughs> there'll be a link in there. Yeah. So you can find me there. You can visit my shop bitcoinshirt.co and you can find me on BTC Pay Server Mattermost. If you have any questions about BTC Pay Server at Pavlinex, I'll be happy to help you out, set it up, and even you know, talk about the ideas you have for BTC Pay Server. So just ping me and I'll be happy to talk to you. And you can also ping Rockstar if you would like some philosopher to help you out with your life. You can ping Rockstar. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, look, I think that's pretty much it. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stefan. It's been a pleasure. So there you go. Make sure you share this particular episode with some of your friends who are looking to use BTC Pay Server as a merchant. And this will give them just an overview on some of the key things to think about in terms of how they would set it up for themselves. If you want to find the show notes, you can go to stefanlevera.com and just keep an eye out for the upcoming episodes. We've got a few more to come in the BTC Pay Server series. That's it from me. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you soon. 